The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletical Physical Therapy and CDW. Good to be with you, everybody. We've hit the bye week in Bears football. Uh, when the other end of it, it'll be week 12 already against the Green Bay Packers. I'm Jeff Joniak, along my broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM, Mr. Tom Fair. Tom, we got a packed show tonight. Packed show. Well, it's good that's in the middle of the bye week because we needed a packed show. And I think, you know, when I looked at the bye week at the start of the season, I was excited that it was this far along in the season because I thought it would be a perfect time for a little break in the middle of this football season. And, you know, here it is. They got a break. They got the, the huge opponent coming up the next time they take the field. So, listen, you have to approach this with a positive mind. You can't approach this with any negativity infiltrating the locker room or your mindset. Yeah, and, and that's a hard thing to do. I mean, oh, you yeah. got a group of guys, though. You got, you got a team. I say this all the time. I, I'm not just saying this. It's a, a team that likes working with each other. Unfortunately, they can't bond like they, they used to because of COVID protocols, which are, are going to be intensive now for the entire league, 32 teams with the new, new uh, rule by the NFL yesterday. Uh, but they, they like working with each other, and you don't hear any negativity. You hear a lot of positive vibe out of there, but uh, they're clearly frustrated, though. Oh, they got to be, you know, because, you know, when you think about the performance and the attitude and the mental mind frame of this defense, they need to be complimented. And unfortunately, right now, they're not being complimented by an offense that has time of possession existence they don't have a solid running game right now it's obviously something they can develop as time goes on because the development of offensive football never stops you may consider yourself good or perfect but there's there's things you can do along the way to get better and I think Matt Nagy said it at the podium at the beginning of this week we will look different when we come back after the bye week so I think that better get the attention of a lot of players if you're not playing up to code but it could be a change in the philosophical thinking of how they're going to run their offense. Could be a combination. Anthony Heron will be joining us here in moments at 6.10. We've got Bears defensive lineman Brent Urban coming up at 6.30. And our special guest tonight, Tom, 6.45, we've got the Bears fan of the year, Paul Vitek, will be joining us from New Lenox. We'll tell you all about him. That'll be about 6.45 tonight. We'll also hear a chunk of our Feature interview that will be airing this Sunday on Bears Game Day Live, 10.30 a.m. on Fox 32 Chicago with Tariq Cohen. It was done before he got injured, so I got to alert you to that, but it was right after he got his uh, contract extension, so we'll revisit that and hear from Tariq Cohen. Uh, News of the day, uh, really, it's Dwayne Harris, goes on IR, the punt returner. Looks like he had a triceps injury, reportedly a torn triceps. The Bears uh, added a return specialist yesterday off waivers, DeAndre Carter from the Texans. 39 games in his career, 9.5 yards on average. On his punt returns, he's worked with the Eagles as well and the Houston Texans. So Anthony Miller did a nice job, though, on Sunday. I don't know if they want to just give it to Anthony, maybe not because of the risk of injury, because he looked outstanding. You get the ball in his hands like that as a receiver, wow, that's phone booth quickness there. It's very, very good. 
But where's his highest upside? Is it as a receiver for multiple plays during the course of the game? Or is it as a punt returner? So you always have to evaluate that. Kind of funny, yesterday I had an opportunity to talk to Cordero Patterson, and I asked him about him being a punt returner. And he goes, well, I don't know if Chris Tabor trusts me enough in catching the ball. (laughs) So there is a difference in the way you catch it as a kickoff returner and obviously in the multiple floats they can have in a punt. But I got a kick out of it because he smiled because I think he would do anything that's asked of him. Put my hand up. What what can I do, coach? That's what he, you know, he's doing just about everything already. So you got to make sure the tread stays on the tires. All the assistant coaches spoke yesterday. I've mentioned this many times on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, that it's always informative. Mark DeLeon, can't say enough great things about Roquan Smith right now, Tom. He is really, really, really increasing his profile. He plays angry. Every single play, he plays angry. And I think uh, he plays like he's got a chip on his shoulder. And I think, you know, he he wants to be great. And I think... Uh, when you have a player like that who wants to be great, he finds ways to motivate himself. I tell those guys all the time, the only person that controls the way you play is you. And Roquan's doing that right now with a very positive attitude. He's not patting himself on the back at any time he's asked questions. It's it's always about just wanting to get better and deferring to his teammates and Danny Trevathan. But, you know, I went back and looked. He's got 15 tackles for loss right now. Yep. Brian Erlacher's best season tackles for loss. And granted, two different systems two different defenses brian made a lot more interceptions and big plays to this point in their careers but his best ever was 19 so it's quite the season for roquan bruin you know about roquan before the season ever started jeff i was comparing the roquan smith to luke keekley and i said he has that type of talent in him that type of ability that type of desire to grow into a great player that's been expected of him according to where he was drafted But if I'm going to look at the season, I'm more inspired by Danny Trevathan than I am Roquan Smith because there was a lot of question marks about Danny Trevathan, his speed, his ability after that Detroit game. That's week one of a pandemic-shortened training camp, and everybody wanted to do the final evaluation of Danny Trevathan, and that was wrong. What I've seen Danny Trevathan do in a complimentary kind of linebacker role the dude's impressive, and I, I am totally impressed with what Roquan has been doing, but I'm super impressed with what Danny Trevathan has grown into and the way he's competed this season. All right, we're going to take a step away. Thanks to our producer tonight, Julio Rauseo. For weeks I've been Rauseos. saying it, Rauseos. I, I mean, I apologize, Julio. I'm awful with names, always have been, and probably always will. So, God bless you. You're doing a great job. Jordan Treadup, Dan Brilli as well, helping us out. Coming up next, Anthony Heron. Ant, coming up next on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. On Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score on the line now joining us, Ant Heron, Anthony Heron, the former NFL linebacker and Fox 32 Bears post game live, Bears Unleashed, and all things Sirius XM college football. You name it, he's doing it, and good to have him back on the show. What's your bye week going to be like? I know you're working, I know you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the football season never stops this time of year. You got to know how that operates. Plenty of Big Ten going on between radio and television. I'll be on 
Bears Unleashed tomorrow over on Fox 32. We'll be having a good time with Caitlin Sharkey over there and the folks. So, yeah, there's always something cooking here in football season. Oh, yeah. I always get a laugh out of it when uh, with the fans, my buddies, they look at this guy. Hey, what are you doing all week? What do you got going? Yeah, you know, I think you don't do anything <laughs> anything else. But that's not the case. We And we don't want it any other way, Ant. No way. This is the way we like it. All right. Take stock of the situation for us as we continue to break things down. How about we look at the very positive aspect of things, the defense. The defense is killing it. Uh, they're doing the, 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 the yeoman's work. Uh, the stars are shining pretty much across the board as we had hoped before the season began. And we just talked about it going into the break. I, I don't know if you were listening or not, but the player Roquan has certainly uh, caught our attention and Danny Trevathan. Yeah, I mean, Roquan, you know, to me, every every week of the season, I think the Rams game was probably the low point for Roquan. It's really the only sort of minus, I think, on his resume this season. He's played at a Pro Bowl, at least Pro Bowl level, every game of the season beyond that one, even all pro when you're looking at some of the efforts that have been made out there. And I think that one thing I've tried to remind folks of, as we've seen, you know, there have been sort of some glaring plays where it's like Roquan one-on-one in the hole with a running back and he'll – miss a tackle as a you know, Ronald Jones spins away for a game. But I think Bears fans have noticed at different times this season where maybe Roquan misses a tackle. But the thing is, he is at or at least around the ball so frequently this season. I can't imagine there's been another linebacker in the NFL who's been more consistently with a higher rate of frequency around the football this year from him in, in run plays, in tackles for loss in pass coverage on running backs and tight ends and receivers. He has done it at every level of this Bears defense throughout the season here. And, I mean, you know, you guys have been around him even more than I have, I'm sure. He's just – he's a likable guy where it's very easy to wonder whether or not he sort of got that that sort of, you know, historic Bears middle linebacker mentality because he is a bit of a soft-spoken and an easygoing guy off the field. But on the field between the white lines, he has got everything you want a modern linebacker to have. No, I think he's playing like an animal right now. That's what they're they're calling it too. But the thing about it, if he does miss that tackle, what he's doing and what's impressive is he's still tracking it down, down the field. I mean, his range and, and ability to play at a high level right now, I think is contributing to uh, the – is attributable to the – I don't even know. I just made up a word probably. <laughs> to To the idea that, okay – we hand you the reins as a third-year player to make all the calls. You got the green dot on the helmet, and I think that's given him a major boost of confidence, fellas. I think there's a lot of respect that goes with that. Without a doubt, and, and especially at that position in the midst of the defense, and as the organization has watched him grow, you know, you think back to the last season, whether there's been other injuries at linebacker and Danny Trevathan missing certain times. He was formerly the green dot guy, and even when Nick Kwiatkowski and Roquan Smith were on the field together for a stretch, Kwiatkowski was the guy, you know, making the calls, being the green dot guy. And the organization has watched Roquan grow in his his overall understanding of the scheme, of the defense, of fitting blocks with the immediacy that you really need to be able to fit them to play linebacker at a high level in the National Football League. And so all those physical traits and those attributes and the natural instincts that are there are now being combined just with an overall understanding of the position and how you play it versus the run and the pass. And he's playing it downhill. And, I mean, you know, he's, he's maybe 225, 230, but he is playing downhill, attacking blockers, whether lead blockers, whether offensive linemen, you name it. He's able to do that and combine it 
with those very special skills and pass coverage. And you know, I'm sure you guys talked about it a lot early in the season where Danny Trevathan wasn't quite his old self early, but that wasn't necessarily negating the productivity of Roquan Smith. And now that you've got both guys back to playing at a high level where Danny Trevathan looked like the Danny Trevathan we sort of expected before that kind of gruesome elbow injury last year, now you've got two guys at a high level leading the pack being Roquan Smith playing at that level. It just makes it very difficult for folks to run on the Bears' defense in the manner that they were able to early in the season. Hey, Anthony, quick subject outside the box. Indiana, do they have a chance against Ohio State? <laughs> They've got a chance. I, okay. I think they do have a chance. When you look at where Ohio State has struggled this season, Tom, it's been with their ability to defend the explosive pass, to defend the big play. And I think the Hoosiers, that's going to be the marquee game of the weekend here. There's some other rivalry games, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, that Bedlam, that's going on too. But I do think that for for the Hoosiers, because they have a quarterback in Michael Penix Jr. playing at a really high level, they've got a variety of weapons at receiver. Mr. Elias D'Angelo Fillier, he goes by the name Wap Fillier. They've got a guy in Ty Freifogel. They've got Penix at quarterback, like I referenced. They've even got a running back in Stevie Scott. So I think overall, it's the most well-rounded offense Ohio State will likely face during the regular season and perhaps even going into the Big Ten championship game to where Ohio State has given up a lot of explosive passes this season. Folks kind of make fun of Michigan. Ohio State give us, gives up as many explosive passes per game as the Wolverines do, and they've got some NFL talent on the back end. So I think we'll perhaps see a better execution from the Buckeyes in the secondary. But the Hoosiers, if, if it turns into a shootout, Indiana definitely has a chance, and we cannot count out Indiana's defense either because they get after the quarterback. They lead the Big Ten in sacks. All right, back to the Bears. We're in the midst of a bye week. And when a lot of the topic of conversation throughout the week I've been listening to all over and reading about is they're trying to avoid a splintered locker room. When you look at that, and I've been a part of a losing team before, and I've you know been a part of an offense-defense kind of an atmosphere, who is it? who controls this locker room right now, do you think? The, the marquee players, the leaders on this team, or is this something that has to be a message sent from the coaches to keep everybody kind of on the same play, playing field? Well, I think that, you know, you know how Matt Nagy is, just, is very consistently glass half full, very consistently a positive guy in his approach to things with the way he communicates that to the teams. So I think that comes across in a consistent manner. But within the locker room, I mean, I've, I've certainly been on teams on both ends of that spectrum, you know, playoff teams, the NFC Championship game locker rooms, also been on teams that are just struggling along. Like one of the years I was in Detroit, we started 0-12, had what we felt like was a quality defense with guys like, you know, like Luther Ellis and Robert Porsche and, you know, playmakers up front and just looking across the locker room and thinking, man, can, can we get a little something out of Charlie Bass? Can we get a little more out of Ty Detmer? Whoever they're rotating through a quarterback in the locker room did begin to splinter. And I've really got to give a lot of credit to the defense. And it's part of where I think the bye week does come at, at a quality time for the Bears because not only can you sort of lick some, some physical and some mental wounds, but also you can just sort of assess where things are at with this squad, assess what's happening at quarterback, assess what's going on with, with the defense, with the urgency. I mean, those guys laid it out there. They do it every week, but you know how it is. Where there's, there's that extra heartbeat that, that you can kind of play with when you're playing hard. But then when you're really giving it that extra nth degree, special teams brought it. Defense brought it. Offense, especially on third down, just couldn't get over the hump to make the necessary play. And I think it's natural. It's human for that to, at times, maybe be a little bit 
dejecting or frustrating. And I think the credit to the Bears defenders, where, especially the leadership, the vocal guys, the Akeem Hickses and Eddie Jacksons of the world, they haven't had buckets to say negative about the Bears offense. It's been continuing to challenge each other, challenge the entire locker room to find a way to make the plays necessary to win. And that, that's not an easy thing to do when you're all laying it out there, when you know there might be a p- specific position group or even a side of the ball that may be sort of you know more at fault for, for not leading to wins. So I really got to credit the mentality of the Bears' defense, the leadership of Chuck Pagano and Matt Nagy, because we know the Bears' offense is really what's got to get cooking here, and they have it. But you haven't necessarily seen Bears' defenders going out publicly saying things to that extent that can make the locker room look fractured. When you th- when you look at the remaining schedule, five of six games outdoors, you don't know what the conditions can be, and you need the single biggest improvement on the offensive side of the ball. So if you're looking at the wide receivers and the development of those guys, if you look at what they have at the tight end position, even though they haven't given Cole Komet that much of an opportunity, or the role the, uh, the running game has to play in this and hopefully David Montgomery being back on the field. Where is the biggest jump and improvement that you need to see made at the latter part of the season? Well, one thing that did strike me, you know, just after the game is, is where Coach Nagy, he, he did leave the door open. You know, he, up until this past game, had been fairly definitive when asked about the quarterback position and whether or not, you know, you stick with Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. He was fairly definitive about Nick Foles continuing to be the guy. My impression from the way he's addressed things since then is that the door is open pretty much for anyone, but specifically and especially where quarterbacks can be reevaluated as well as far as who will be on the field, of course, depending on health. So I think if an adjustment ends up being made there, maybe if Trubisky's back in the lineup, if that happens, some adjustments to the offense could be key. But I think overall just the mobility that, that Mitch brings to the table can be something that even just in a supplementary manner, where, where that backside defender, that hang defender, maybe – a couple individuals at the second or third level have to pay a little bit of extra attention to Trubisky at that mess point. Maybe that opens up a cutback lane for David Montgomery or whomever the running back may be in the game. Perhaps that gets a little bit of extra juice in the rushing attack, and in doing that gets a little bit more out of the play action. You know, I, I, I don't necessarily think we need to look at it if Mitch is QB where you know he is the savior and suddenly he turns into a pro bowler, but maybe there are a couple of things schematically that that adds some juice to the offense that we just haven't seen able to get going with Nick Foles in there. Regardless of who the QB is, though, I would like to see, and I actually heard Coach Wanstead addressing this on the score not too long ago here with Danny Parkins, do some additional things to help protect that offensive line. I've been using the Tennessee Titans as sort of a, a comparable for, for the Bears offense for a couple of years now where I think it would be good to see the Bears offense do a few more things that the Titans do with the consistent movement of the pocket with sprint action and boots and and some max protection on third down like we see Tennessee do at a really consistent level. There are things like that that I think would really give your offensive line a better chance and hopefully as guys continue continue to get more healthy, give them a chance to really have, you know, a battling opportunity when you have all these one-on-one matchups that can be there within the system as the Bears run it right now. You sort of give the guys a little bit more of a break where you make sure you got more double teams available and chip blocks available and things of that sort. Maybe it's only some two-man routes here and there, but you know what? I got faith in Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. They can still make a play. 
Yeah, more than a play as Anthony Heron breaks it down here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. score. This is Bears All Access with you until 7 o'clock tonight. We turn it over to the Thursday Night Football. Anthony, let's take a look at, at the special teams unit. The reason I bring it up because I, I do believe with Cordell Patterson, there's going to be uh, more attention, obviously, to keeping it away from him. But it comes in waves. Teams get stubborn. Uh, the last few weeks, teams hadn't kicked to him or made it very difficult to – get the rhythm of a return. Then last week, boom, Vikings get burned. Special teams coach gets lit, lit up by Mike Zimmer because <laughs> Cordero is just flat-out dangerous, and he's, he's a beast back there. The way he attacks the game, I think, just gives you such an advantage in field position acquisition and the, the hope that guys are going to start thinking like, okay, he's not Hester. I'm not going to say he's Devin Hester, but they wanted the block for Devin Hester. These guys are going to want to block for him. He's got a record waiting out there. Yes, it's a selfish pursuit, but in the broad scope of the team, everybody wins a little bit in that one. Yeah, he's he, he certainly he's ridiculous, but I, but that is reserved for the yes. goat for Devin Hester. Please, you please, know. Anthony. <laughs> but he is he is a beast back there in the return game. There's no doubt about it. And and when you look at how it affects everything, and you know, it, it goes to what what can I think at times perhaps make the the play calling for the Bears offense. You know, maybe a little bit difficult where you're like, you know what? We need that extra yardage out of the return game for starting field position. We need less first downs to get into scoring territory. Or before you really saw Cairo Santos come into his own, like, all right, I'm not sure how deep we can really, you know, attempt a field goal from. And now we see all those aspects from the Bears feeling like they're performing at a high level where, where you're getting all those things out of the special teams and, you know, covered kicks in the NFL as well. And, you know, when, when you are on the kick cover unit, and you're so focused on initially you're, you're, you're in the, the get-off zone where the, the kicker strikes the ball and you're trying to hit top speed, then maybe you're in the avoid zone around midfield where maybe you can make a move on that return, man. Thing is, usually after you make the avoid move and you're getting closer and closer to maybe that 20-yard line and in where you're thinking, all right, I, I got to make sure I attack if there's still a blocker here because I don't want to open up a running lane. Thing is with Cordero Patterson, he's such a combination of speed and power, when you have someone in the coverage unit getting off of a block late, they can't arm tackle Cordero Patterson. Or if they do make an avoid move and they're thinking they're going to have a pursuit angle on him, he's so fast, you know, especially in the open field where he's not sort of in those condensed, confined areas, you know, like running backs can be. When you get that guy in the open field with the combination of power, speed, ferocity, I hear you talking about it on the radio a lot, Jeff, where he just he has no fear of trying to barrel through any tackler who might be between him and the goal line. And it's really unlike most kick returners in the league because maybe you got a guy who's got that straight line speed. Maybe you got someone who's got no fear of contact, but he's just so big and physical and burly with his running style that he runs like a short yardage back with that mentality. He's just got this sleek ability and the build while combining that with speed that just makes him really unique in his ability to return the football. And I think it does sort of catch the coverage team off guard in certain ways because they really don't know. Even once they beat a blocker, they don't know how to go about trying to tackle Cordero Patterson because he's so different than most return men. Well, it's tough to stop a freight train. He's the best kick returner in his era, no question about it. Hopes to be the number one all-time leader in passing Gale Sayers in average, but most importantly scoring that ninth touchdown and beyond. All right, we're going to let you go, Anthony. Appreciate it. We'll see you on the weekend on Fox 32 Chicago. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Anthony. Jeff, Tom, appreciate you guys. Great stuff. All right, we'll talk to you down the road. This is Bears All Access. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Brent Urban.
Bears defensive lineman here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Microsoft Surface and CDW. People will get it. Learn more at CDW.com. Jeff and Tom with you on Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Pleased to be joined now by Bears defensive lineman Brent Urban, the Urbanator, joining us now. Hey, how many times have you been called the Urbanator, or is that your true blue nickname? That was actually my nickname for my old D coordinator in Virginia, actually. So I uh, heard it a couple times, yeah. Nice. Here I thought it was something I crafted, but uh, it's already been taken. Uh, likely story because that's exactly what you are, man. You you play with emotion out there. We've been enjoying your, uh, your performances here with the Chicago Bears. Hope this is a, a long-term place for you because I know you've, you've bounced around a little bit after Baltimore down to Tennessee and now with the Bears. And I think you and I have discussed this uh, this – this is a system that fits you and your personality and your and your skill set. Absolutely, man. It's a it's a place where you know you can really let your personality show, and um, you know, coach kind of lets us do that, show emotion, and we can feed off each other. Obviously, obviously, the great tradition of defense, and you know, it's it's awesome, man. You've, I feel really comfortable ever since I got here. Um, the guys welcome me with open arms, and it's been. I'm just blessed to be here. Hey, Brent, uh, kind of two questions here. Um, drafted in the second round in the CFL, did you ever consider the CFL, since you are from Canada, from Canada? And number two, is there extra pressure on a Canadian-born football player that decides he wants to go to the U.S. to, to succeed? Um, well, by kind of growing up, I – all I watched was the NFL, really. I was a little bit of a CFL fan. Like, I did go to a couple of games, but the ultimate goal was to go to the NFL. So, um, you know, I think I got drafted my redshirt junior year at Virginia, um, and they kind of just called me and said, hey, you drafted me type of thing. And then, you know, I, I told them my ultimate goal. They completely understood, and um, they've kind of gotten that response before. So I think – as far as pressure goes, it's. I think the. I think people in Canada do understand that, you know, the NFL is so huge and it is. It is the best league to play football. There, there is a level of understanding where it's not really, um, not really a ton of pressure. That it's just kind of known type of thing. Hey, when we see the reaction of a tackle for loss, a deflected pass, a sack, is that the same guy that we see on the field that's in the locker room with his teammates? Um, I think to a certain level, man. I'm definitely the type of personality where when I'm in a competitive environment, it kind of – my personality changes to a lot more, like, energetic, excited, um, you know, definitely louder type of guy where I'm a lot more laid back when it's – when I'm not in that type of atmosphere. So you can say I kind of do switch to a degree. And, you know, the, so the last two weeks I was watching a lot of highlights of your – I was watching the whole game, but I was watching you specifically. And there's a couple of plays you made the last week, but it reminds me what of an offensive lineman should be doing to a defensive lineman. You have this 6-7 frame that you have a lot of power behind it, but you really use your length as an asset. Is that something that – you can find when you're watching tape of your opponent, or is that just part of the weapons that you bring with you at the line of scrimmage? Um, I think the biggest thing is when I'm watching offensive linemen, I do check 
to see what type of blocker there are. Are they going to come out and get me, or are they going to be more of like a zone type guy to just kind of stand in my way? So it does kind of alter my technique. But at the end of the day, I think you know my biggest asset is my my length, right? Where if I get extension, it's going to help me make a play on the ball. So the biggest thing I do try to do is kind of, you know, back up off the ball, make sure my feet are in the right place and just get immediately to extension. And that kind of helps me um, get in on plays either in my gap or the, the gap next to it. Has anybody ever tried to turn you into an offensive lineman? Yes, this is funny, actually. Uh, Coach Bill Lazer was my offensive coordinator <laughs> at Virginia. And he would constantly be like, Brent, come to this side of the ball, man. There's a lot more money at offensive line. And, um, <laughs> you <laughs> never, have the perfect uh, frame. I know, I know. It's just, I think just in terms of my mindset and just getting after the ball and, and that type of thing, it's just, I just feel like a defender. You know, it's, that was never a consideration for me where, you know, I want to get around someone or get through someone as opposed to, you know, blocking or getting in front of someone. Brent Urban, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. It just occurred to me as well with Henry Burris on the Bears coaching staff, the Canadian Football League Hall of Famer. So you entered the league in 14 with the Ravens. You say the Canadian Football League, and it was Hamilton that drafted you, correct? So you guys could have been, yes. you guys could have been teammates. <laughs> Did you know that? Because he played for Hamilton in 2012 through 2013. So that would have been your 13th season as a redshirt junior or redshirt sophomore, right? That's right. Yeah, I actually, uh, it was funny seeing Henry Burris. Uh, I didn't know he had been with our coaching staff kind of going into training camp and immediately recognized him, man. CFL legend. Everyone in Canada knows who Henry Burris is. So uh, that was always funny. And I'll talk to him, you know, about stuff back home and, you know, kind of kind of the Canadian differences and that type of thing. So it was, it was, it's awesome that he's a part of the staff and uh, great to see him every day. Happy Hank when he was with the Bears, never a bad day, smile on his face. Kind of like you, Brent. You, you know, you play with emotion. I'm sure you play with a lot of fire and nastiness in there. We know you do, but you're just kind of a, a, a happy dude, aren't you? That's right, man. I just, you know, try to approach every day with even keel and, you know, no bad days. That's the best way to, to approach things. And, uh, you know, a bad mood is not going to get anything accomplished that way. So I try to try to stay positive and uh, just live my life that way, man. Hey, Brent, I've been in every locker room from a Super Bowl locker room to a 6-10 and 10 locker room, and there's been a lot of conversations in between, and I'm trying to think about your locker room right now. Are there offensive players that you have regular conversations with just to try to keep everybody together in, the positive, in a positive mood and a positive working atmosphere? Yeah, I mean, I think the strength of our team is the locker room. Like, you wouldn't know what our record is by going into the locker room. Like, guys are still guys are still positive, man. And, um, you know, I talk to a lot of guys on offense. You know, I see them every day. And, um, you know, obviously the results aren't there. But as far as attitude goes, we're still attacking each day and staying positive and know that, you know, once things do fully click on all three phases, man, it's going to be uh, – it's going to be impressive. 
when you look at your defensive line, you guys have every size, shape, body style across the league. When you are studying tape of your defense, is there do your eyes ever gravitate towards any of the, the Akeems or the Blau Nichols or whomever it is to not necessarily get pointers, but just to see how they play the same position you're playing? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of myself when I'm watching – I guess scouting upcoming games and type things. I'll look at guys with more similar body types, but it is interesting to see how everyone else plays, right? Like, you know, Akeem's just great to watch with his immense power and he's, he's flying off the ball and very unorthodox in kind of how he plays certain blocks and that type of thing. He switches stuff up a lot, which is very different from how I play. So he's a great guy to watch to see, you know, how to, just has a little bit of variance in how I'm playing each block and that type of thing. Um, Bilal as well, he's a great technician, um, great footwork. He's a guy that's fun to watch everyday work, man. He's an amazing work ethic and, you know, just everybody, man. It is, it is fun being a part of this group where there's so many guys from different backgrounds, different sizes and types of things and seeing what works for them and, yeah, borrowing parts of the game for sure. Brent Urban, a couple of more moments with you as you uh, get into your bye week, first day off in a while, I imagine. Uh, but uh, like all good pros, and you have a lot of experience, I'm certain uh, you're, you're getting your work in, too, to just to, to stay sharp mentally and physically, even though you're going to get a four-day break. Do you feel the team needed it? And secondly, what's your expectation Monday when you show up at Hallis Hall and what the, what the attitude will be like for this team with six to go? Yeah, I think uh, having a bye week around this time is great. You know, it's we played a lot of football, and I'm sure everybody's body can use a little bit of a break, a little mental refresher. You know, obviously, losing the past couple of games will definitely help. Um, going into Monday, I think we should all be refreshed. Um, guys are excited to attack these, you know, last six games, a lot of divisional games, a lot of very important football, obviously. So um, the biggest thing is just I'm expecting a positive attitude hardworking and just excited to really attack and really get things rolling. Brent, when you in preparation for the Green Bay Packers, how do you keep your eyes off of Aaron Rodgers? Uh, because to me, if you're playing against a great player in preparation, sometimes it's hard to drag your eyes away from that person specifically. So when you prepare for Green Bay, how, how is it you keep your eyes against the offensive line? Yeah, it's tough, man. The way he extends plays and pushes the ball downfield, it's, you you know, keeping a pocket on him is, is very important, a tight pocket. And um, he does amazing things with the football, man. It's, uh, you know, playing playing against players like that, it's, you know, you get a little, you get a little starstruck with how amazing they, they play the game. And um, really the biggest thing is, yeah, we got to get after him up front and, try our best to keep him in the pocket, not able to extend plays and um, get him on the ground, hopefully. So it's a, it's a tall task, but you know, that's, that's part, that's a great part of playing in the NFL is just these great challenges and great players you play along the way. When you're a Bears fan, he's at once the most aggravating, irritating player that you'll see, much like Brett Favre was for us, but also one you respect so much. It's just the greatness can get you so frustrated as, as, a, as a fan wanting your team to win. So I'm sure that's the same way for you as a player. Brent, thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the balance of your uh, bye week here and uh, enjoy some time with family. 
Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Brent Urban, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Coming up next, we'll be joined by the fan of the year for the Chicago Bears. We'll tell you about him coming up next here on Bears All Access on The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access. This segment brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score with producer Julio Rosseo. And we are very pleased to be joined by the fan of the year. Saw this today on Twitter, Chicago Bear, at Chicago Bears, Paul Vitatek, a season ticket holder since 1992. He's all about Sunday's big time, and he's joining us right now on the phone. Paul, good evening. Congratulations. I, I understand you got a visit from uh, Staley and former Chicago Bears quarterback Caleb Haney, and you were pretty shocked. Hey, first of all, I just want to say, hey, guys. Uh, shocked wasn't work. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, first of all, I worked midnights, and I just happened to get up, and I went to the door, and somebody's banging on my door, and I – open the door and here's Staley with his big head. I'm like, what's going on? And Caleb Haney, and they told me I want fan of the year. I said, you've got to be kidding me. I had no idea. I was shocked. Well, you were dressed for the occasion. You had a Peyton jersey on, right? And you had your Bears hat ready to go. But I I wanted you to be on tonight because it's so strange for Tom and I calling games at Soldier Field. We're not traveling to the road games uh, and not to see any fans. And I I just think – Things would be different record-wise this year if there were fans in the stands, especially when that defense is on the field. And I know it's a big hole in everybody's heart as Bears fans and NFL fans, so I wanted to bring attention to you. And congratulations on your retirement, which uh, was, what, 13 days ago. So you got a lot of road ahead of you and a lot of Bears games. I sure hope so. And I I just can't get over it's – it's weird not going to a Bears home game. I've been doing this since the 80s, and I miss all my friends in Section 256, and we're, we're in contact still, and I just think I have to agree it, has to, it would be different with fans there. I mean, that place gets loud, as you guys know, and hey, I just Paul. miss doing it, and I'm down here in my basement screaming and <laughs> by myself, <laughs> but hey, uh, Paul, keep but- on sharing for the Bears. Paul, what's what started your fandomonium, and is there a greatest moment in your fan history? Well, I'm going to tell you something, Tom. Back in the 80s uh, Super Bowl year, a friend of mine that I worked with at season tickets, he goes, you ever been to a Bears game? I said, no. And I went to a couple of games, and that's all it took. So the following year after the Super Bowl, I went to a preseason game, and Tommy, I, I used to work with your sister years ago. Yep. And she took me down in the parking lot, and I met you and some of the other players. I said, I got to do this every Sunday. And I got on the waiting list, and in 1992, I was lucky enough to get my season tickets, and I've been there ever since. So you had something to do with it. My favorite moment, without a doubt, was January 21st of 07 when we beat the New Orleans Saints, when we scored those three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, Ryan Urlacher was holding that trophy in front of Virginia with the snow. I'll never forget it as long as I live. 
You know, Paul, it's, it's kind of weird because, and I always say this to people, that when it's a full-time commitment being a fan of, of any team, whomever you are, wherever you're from. I have, you know, I was born here in 61, and I've been a Bears fan my whole life, and you've been a Bears fan your whole life, a season ticket holder, then a little differently. But it, it is a, it's a commitment to the Bears that you make, and, you, you know, you don't, you don't deviate from it if they're having a, a bad year or, a, you know, whatever the case is, that once you decide that you're going to be a Bears fan, it's something that you've decided for life. Well, without a doubt. I remember growing up watching the Bears with my dad on Hickory Street because I was born in Joliet. And it, good or bad, and I'm one of those season ticket holders on a, at the end of a bad game on the losing side when they show a few fans in the stand. That's me. I will not leave before the game's over. I have friends say, you're going to the Bears game tomorrow, it's going to be like 10 degrees and snowing. So I'm going, and I'm there. <laughs> and we Detail appreciate it. Southwest lot, and I'll, I don't care what I've been to, the fog ball. The worst game ever was that Monday night game when they retired Buckus and Sayers' uh, number yeah. against the Packers. And, of course, we kind of lost to Aaron Rodgers. But that was by far the worst weather ever, but I stayed for the last second. Well, we appreciate it, and we appreciate you. And, again, congratulations on, on the honor, and more importantly, uh, congratulations now on retirement after 43 years working at Silver Cross Hospital in New Lenox. And, yes, yeah. I mentioned your name to Tom, and uh, he goes, well, my mom and sister worked there, yeah, so you definitely Peggy know oh, I worked with your I worked with your sister many years back in the day. And I just want to give a shout-out to my CT people that work in the CT department. They're awesome. I miss you miss you guys. But, uh, yeah, life goes on, and the Bears, I'll, I'll go up there until I can't no more. I hope it's a lot of years. And, hey, Jeff and Tom, I just want to say the last couple of weeks have been kind of rough, but it seems like you guys always say something to make us feel better. I just appreciate that. You got it. We with you right, right there, shoulder to shoulder, buddy. Looking That's forward to right. see you next year at Soldier Field when uh, everything settles down. Paul Vitatech, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score, the Bears Fan of the Year. Congratulations and go Bears. Good night. Woo-hoo! Thank go you. Bears. Go Bears. <laughs> I love the passion of Bears fans. Let's take a break. We come back. We'll wrap things up. We'll hear a little Tariq Cohen and get you set for Thursday Night Football here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. The Chicago Bears and Proven IT are supporting Chicago small businesses. 4P Industrial Cleaning Corporation is this week's Small Business All Pro. Visit chicagobears.com slash smallbusinessallpros to learn more. Jeff and Tom wrapping things up. This you'll hear and we'll see on uh, Bears All, uh, excuse me, Bears Game Day Live on Sunday morning at 1030 on Fox. A sit-down with Tariq Cohen just days after signing his long-term contract extension and before he suffered his torn ACL. Did you ever in your wildest imagination ever think when you were playing football that you would ever get a contract of this magnitude? Uh, you know, I had my doubts at times. Uh, it's certainly been a long journey. Uh, I've been thinking about this every day since, you know, I probably was in middle school. So it's been a long road, but I always had a thought in my mind that I'd get here someday, and I felt like that's what drove me to get here. I went back to all your high school tapes and your college just, just for fun. I mean, it's it's really something <laughs> what you did. Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like you know, I just I run like the world's chasing me, and uh, I feel like uh, that's what I've been doing. You know, since I was little, playing the game where you know it's kill the man with the ball, and it's just you against everybody else on the field. And I feel like you know, 
just having that mentality is great. With, uh, goes along with being a running back. You know, on your Twitter, uh, I think it says something to the effect overlooked and underappreciated. Do you still feel that way now that the Chicago Bears have given you a second contract and a, and a big one at that? Oh, yeah, I feel like, you know, that's just the way I carry myself. I feel like I've never been, you know, the, the five-star recruit or, you know, the best at doing something. So I still feel like, you know, I'm overlooked and underrated. So I feel like i got to carry that with me the rest of my life, and uh, I will, and I'll show that on the field. You carry that message on to your nonprofit. You work with in Chicago. You're very uh, attached to kids. Kids, I know there's a, a great push by you to – work with them. Why them? Why that group? What resonates with you with working with children? I definitely feel like that's when you need to have someone in your corner. And I feel like those years when you're a kid, you know, you really listen to, you know, the guys you look up to, anybody that comes to your life, those are the messages that stick with you. And I just remember, you know, having very little people to look for, you know, when I was little, just being around kids, I feel like I can connect with them a lot. You know, I like to play video games. Uh, I probably still watch cartoons if I'm you know, I'm up and they come on and I see one, you know, that I know. So I just, you know, I connect with kids, you know, in a special way. And uh, if one strikes me in a certain way, then, you know, I'm just liable to, you know, pour my heart out to him and just show him a lot of love. Uh, he, he is a great interview and a great uh, guy, fun guy. And uh, I understand that he's uh, attacking his rehab time uh, with the ACL, which happened in the Atlanta game when uh, Atlanta's Brian Hill got shoved into the back of his right leg, uh, which was unfortunate. Interesting that two, two, two punt returners both got hurt on punt returns this year. That you played is he's always felt like the world has been chasing him. And I think that's the same for every athlete outside the five-star guys that just are better than anybody every, every anyway. So you always have to continue to work. And I think he associates with kids because he's the same size. And I mean that, I mean that seriously <laughs> right, I got you. because they're intimidated by huge bodies. All right, we got to wrap things up. Thursday Night Football coming up. A good one, Arizona and Seattle. Thanks, Tom. Thanks to Anthony Heron and also Brent Urban, Julio Rauseo, Jordan Treadup, Dan Brulli. This has been Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good night. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.